Hello, hello, and welcome to XX Maya the podcast. I'm your host, Maya Fiorella, and today we have a very special guest joining us. Her name is Carolina Salazar, but you may know her as the Carolina Lifestyle on Instagram and TikTok. I met Carolina via social media back in 2020, and we have grown so close since then. She's a holistic health coach obsessed with all things manifestation and astrology. She promotes self-love, body positivity, and living with an abundant mindset. I am so excited for y'all to meet her. So without any further ado, let's introduce Miss Carolina to the podcast. Hello, Carolina, and welcome to the podcast. I am so excited to have you here. Do you mind introducing yourself a little bit? Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here today. And to introduce myself, my name is Carolina. I'm 22 years old. I am originally from Brazil, and I live in New York. I am many things. I am a content creator. I create content about a lot of different things, but mainly spirituality, personal growth, and holistic health, and just empowering you to be your highest and best self. And I also am an astrologer. I am a health coach. I also have a full-time nine-to-five job. So I guess you could say I'm a corporate girl in some ways. Um, And yeah, that's a little bit about me. I am pretty multidimensional so it's hard to summarize, but that's a little bit. (laughs) Absolutely. Oh my gosh. You're a woman of many tasks. Yes. (laughs) I know that you recently decided to take a little detox from social media. And I have so many questions because you are a content creator. What was, how did you come to the decision to take a little step away from social media? Yeah. So it's definitely been a very interesting experience. I, well, I guess the first part is why I decided to do it. So I started my TikTok in May of 2020. So I started creating content around a year and a half ago. And it kind of, you know, one thing led to the next. And I started my Instagram and then podcast and then a million other things. And before I even had this page, I did a social media detox when I was a fresh in between freshman and sophomore year of college. And it was really amazing. I had gone to visit a friend and I just kind of had this idea of her life in my head um, that it was like perfect. She had been traveling and, you know, it just looked picture perfect. And then when I saw her in person, I realized like all the nuances of her life. And it just kind of made me rethink how I saw things on social media. And that summer that I didn't have social media, I really just like grew a lot. I read so much. I really deepened my connection to myself. I was very present. And then eventually I redownloaded Instagram and the different apps on my phone. But I think ever since that experience, I always had this awareness of how life was like without it. And so I also did a couple of mini detoxes in the beginning of quarantine, like around April and March. Um, which was really nice. So by the time, fast forward to December 2021, after a year and a half of content creating and never doing a detox again, or really setting any boundaries with my phone, I felt like my mental health had really taken a toll. I was like very, I don't know, I was very 
compulsive with picking up my phone and checking social media all the time. Like in the middle of my work day, I would just have my phone next to me. I would use it as like to call in to my meetings. So I always had it with me. And because of that, like in between meetings or in between things that I was doing, I would just pick it up or I would take it with me to the bathroom to pee and like check it all the time. And basically every time that I wasn't working or I wasn't doing something I had to do, I was kind of mindlessly scrolling and consuming so much. And I think that it really started taking a toll on my health because I started feeling like my life didn't look good enough. And like other people's timelines were advancing faster than mine or something like that. And just feeling like I was behind and feeling like I wasn't good enough. And that started kind of building on itself to the point where I felt like I didn't even appreciate my morning coffee because I was too busy recording it for a story. And it, it got to that point where it just wasn't working for my mental health in that moment. And it was hard because, you know, making the decision to kind of take a break as a content creator is a lot harder than as someone who doesn't have a page. Like if you don't have a, if you're not a content creator, you can pretty much take a break whenever you want. Cause it kind of, it felt like more of a connection, more of a commitment that I had to my page. So it was really hard. And so, because I talked to a couple of friends about how I felt, they encouraged me to, to do it. And the beginning, it was, it was hard. I think in the beginning, I still felt a pull to my phone, but very quickly I started just kind of adjusting to not having it near me. And I think the biggest differences that I noticed was just so much more presence. I read the power of now in March, 2020, in the beginning of my spiritual awakening. And that's what kind of kickstarted my spirituality. And I had really disconnected from that feeling of just being so present and taking in everything around me and really just especially being present with family. I came home for the holidays. So it was really nice to see my extended family that I don't see all the time and just be able to spend all the time I wanted with them and give them my undevoted, my devoted, no, my undivided attention. Um, And that was just really, really, really amazing. And so I also started I started realizing that I stopped feeling like my life had to look a certain way because I wasn't comparing my life all the time to what I was seeing online. And I realized that I was right on time, that everything that's happening is happening in just the right time and that I know everything I'm supposed to know right now. So I think I took off a lot of pressure that I was putting on myself. And that's been a really positive change too. So now that I'm reintroducing it into my life, is where I'm having to apply what I've learned and kind of start creating these boundaries. Like how much of my time am I going to let myself devote to scrolling or to creating content or to just having my phone near me? I feel like at this point now I have Instagram and TikTok back on my phone, but I don't feel like I'm compulsively picking it up. Like I'll pick up my phone and I'm like, stop it. (laughs) I'm like, I open Instagram and I start scrolling and I'm like, nope no compulsive scrolling today. So I think it's, it's kind of taken a lot of self-control as I'm starting to reintroduce it, but that's a little bit about the experience. That is so crazy. And I completely relate to you when you say that it's hard to find a balance between you want to be posting, you want to be sharing, but at the same time, it just leads to mindless scrolling so quickly. I mean, sometimes I We'll jump on Instagram to respond back to a comment. And then before I know it, it's been 30 minutes and I'm still just scrolling on Instagram for absolutely no reason at all. 
other than the fact that it's addicting and oh my gosh mm-hmm. don't get me started on tiktok <laughs> i could stay on tiktok for literal hours so mm-hmm. what did that tangibly look like for you when you were going through the detox did you literally delete the apps off of your phone yeah i deleted the apps totally like i just deleted tiktok actually i didn't delete tiktok i deleted instagram but i didn't delete tiktok um weirdly I don't know I have stronger self-control with TikTok like I find that the mindless scrolling happens a lot faster with Instagram for me especially with stories like I'll just open and I'll see the little bubbles and I just instantly want to click um so I deleted Instagram and I think that that was the biggest shift for me how did you feel during the detox and how are you feeling now that you're starting to reintroduce them? How is finding that balance been for you? Yeah. So I, um, I think during the detox, I felt a lot of mental space. That's how I would best describe it. I think when we're consuming a lot of content, we subconsciously start thinking about what we're consuming Like we see something that was posted or we see something someone was doing. And then when we're living our current life, we're kind of thinking about, oh, but all those other people are doing those other things. Or I would kind of normally before the detox, I would start thinking of all the content that I could create or start thinking of all the things I had to do. I had more to-do lists in my mind when I had the apps before. And then during the, the detox, I think I felt like just more at peace. I felt much, much more present. I felt more gratitude also for what I do have. And I think it just, the biggest thing was feeling like I was overthinking less. Like there was less going through my mind all the time. Um, Like I would go to bed and there would be nothing kind of that I was overthinking in that moment. I was much more calm overall, even if I wasn't like meditating or anything. I think I just felt more ease. And it was also cool because being home for the holidays, um, I had this extended family from Chile visiting and these little cousins who I don't see all the time. And they're like six years old and they're twins and they're so cute. And I think I really let my inner child come out and it helped me reconnect to that sense of play, like actually playing like a little kid and not caring. So that was really nice. Um, And then now that I'm reintroducing it, The biggest thing is what I said, like if I notice, like let's say I'm going to post something, like I just exit out of the app after I post. And I mean, I just recently started kind of posting again, but with Instagram, I think I'm putting a little bit of pressure on myself to make this like big return to the app now that I've been gone for a month uh, or so. Like, I think I'm putting a lot of pressure, like, oh, I I have to make this first grand post, like, I'm back or whatever. But I think I'm stopping myself because I'm realizing that that's the exact reason why I stopped. Like, that's the exact reason why I did the detox in the first place, to stop putting so much pressure in myself. So I think I'm just going to kind of do it. Um, And I think during the work day, like when I'm busy with other things, it's really about if I do open the app for any reason it's literally telling myself like, stop, like using this voice, like, <laughs> was like, stop it. <laughs> um, and, and then that kind of helps. And then I instantly just exit out. And it, I feel like it has to be like that because it's so easy to let it slip. Oh, it definitely is. I mean, I will take many social media detoxes 
I feel like for the past couple months, every Sunday that rolls around, I just don't want to be on my phone. And so I haven't been like posting as much on Sundays, but it's so interesting to think of taking the whole month or however long it was off. That's kind of crazy. And even the thought of it is a little bit scary and overwhelming for me, which is honestly sad to think (laughs) that I couldn't go a month without Instagram or TikTok, but it just becomes such a natural habit. And I definitely think that I myself need to set better boundaries with it too, because I mean, I will look at my screen time and I'm embarrassed by it. It's crazy. (laughs) how long I can stay on my phone. And it's one thing if you're consuming media or content that is educating you or inspiring you or motivating you. But a lot of times on social media, it just leads straight to comparison. Yeah, exactly. And I think before I I took this detox, I felt that way. I felt scared. I felt like, oh, if I leave the app for a month, I'll be irrelevant or whatever comes up. Like a lot of limiting beliefs and a lot of fear. Um, And I think it's just made me realize a lot that I was just coming back to myself in a way. I think now that I'm reintroducing it, I definitely want to do something kind of like every week on a Sunday, I don't use my phone. Like I, I could delete the app for the day if I want, if that's what it takes. Um, Or every weekend, maybe like Saturday and Sunday, like, I don't know exactly yet what I'm going to do. But I think at least one day a week, we owe it to ourselves to just be really present and, and I think our community that we have on social media, like the health and wellness community, is a very inspiring and it's supposed to be a very positive space. And I think that's why I felt so confused about how I felt because I, when I first did my detoxes a few years ago, it was when I didn't have my accounts. It was when I was just kind of, you know, looking at photos from this random person from middle school that I followed, you know, it was very different. And it wasn't that positive of a space. But I think even in a positive space, I think as content creators, you know, it can feel like we're putting pressure on ourselves. Like if we see someone that's posting every day, or, you know, posting so much and doing quote unquote, so much, we feel like we're not doing enough. And it's a subconscious thing. And I don't think we talk about it with each other that much. So I'm glad that we are talking about it on the podcast because it should be destigmatized. Like it's normal. It's human. Like as human beings, we want to be accepted and we want to be part of, you know, a group or whatever instinctually, like from our roots as human beings. Like when we were cavemen, it was important to be part of like a cave group or, you know, things like that. So like a tribe. So that is an instinct to fit in or to, you know, want to have a community. But I noticed also that in doing that, sometimes I almost forgot about what I like am about and in seeing what other people would post and stuff. Sometimes I would feel like I ended up posting kind of what everyone else was posting instead of posting what I wanted to post or what I felt called to post or really passionate about. So I think it's also been about kind of tuning into that. Absolutely. I definitely fall into that comparison trap as well. And I'm happy that we are talking about it because I think a lot of times when you have any sort of platform, no matter how big or small it is, 
you feel like you have this responsibility to other people to be like a role model in a lot of ways. And I love that. I grew up with a lot of little cousins and I was always kind of had that role model mentality, which can be good, but it can also be really bad. And I put a lot of pressure on myself to make sure that I'm eating right every single day to inspire other people. Or I make sure that I post pictures when I go to the gym to inspire other people. And a lot of times I forget that, wait, this is actually like good for me too. I'm not just doing it for other people. And I think taking a step back from social media would really allow me to sit in that moment of like, this is for me and for no one else. Exactly. I think um, as content creators, we kind of fall into that and connect from the joy of whatever it is that we're doing. Like I was saying, if I was recording my coffee, or an Instagram story, I wasn't actually like looking at the milk blend with the coffee and be like, oh my God, it's so pretty. Like it just was being seen through a screen. And that's, I think when it's as content creators a step too far, when we disconnect from that joy and the fun of it. And I think creating those boundaries is also important. I think especially as, you know, but, and whatever you're doing, like let's say you're a recipe content creator, if you're focused on getting the shots and, you know, I record recipes sometimes, like if I'm focused on filming the recipe, I'm not actually there in the alchemy and in the process of like creating the food and, you know, putting all my love in it and really just being present with it. So that tends to happen a lot of the times. Oh, totally. I mean, there will be times where I record a recipe and I'm so focused on making sure that I got all of the clips that when I go to actually eat the food that I made, I'm still like scrolling through pictures and (laughs) making sure that I get a video of me taking the first bite. And it's like, I'm not even paying attention to what I'm eating half the time, which is so crazy. But to go back to something that you mentioned earlier, you talked about your inner child and how you felt like it was almost being healed through that process. And I'd love for you to elaborate on that. Yeah, it was so magical. It was so awesome. Um, I think being around little kids is really amazing because of that, because literally they don't like, I don't know if I'm allowed to curse, but like they don't give a fuck. Like they literally don't care at all. Like they, if they want to play, they're going to come and they're going to ask you to play with them like nonstop until you do. They don't care. Like they wouldn't care if I was like working or, you know, like doing like, I don't know, emails in the office. Like they would come and they would knock on the door and they'd be like, are you going to come play? Or like just like a natural sense of joy. And I think that 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 was really amazing to be around during this time. So I think it's just reminded me that every day can be fun. And I think, you know, what it looked like is during my breaks from work, I would just kind of like sit with them and I would play. I played so many board games, like so many board games. Um, We played a lot of like Rummy Cube and we would just kind of like play in the pool and laugh and play like, I don't know how you say it in English, but it's like you're in a group and you're kind of like whispering different things like a phrase or something and then has to get to the last person and then they have to say say it wrong or right and like everyone laughs. Um, I think I just like really let myself be loose and laugh a lot. And like one day I took them on a walk with me and we just like went around the block together and like ran randomly would like race. So I think that just bringing that natural sense of inner childlike joy and fun to the day and to whatever it is you're doing is what I kind of took away from it. And I think really just to laugh 
it was really like nice to have that like free childlike laugh more often Oh, I love that so much. And I'm so happy that you got to experience that over Thank this you. little break. So you were in Florida with your family, right? Yes. I've been in Florida since like mid-December and then I'm going back to New York this week. So That was so fun. What is it like being in Florida versus being in New York? I'm sure they're completely different worlds. It's totally different. Like, I think the biggest difference for me is in nature. Like the benefits of Florida, it's amazing weather. I love the warmth. I love summer weather. I love tanning, being at the beach, being in the pool, just like that energy for me brings me alive and I love it. So coming home is definitely something I value a lot and I do it often because it kind of grounds me to be in here, a lot of water and a lot of nature and trees. So that's one of the best things about Florida. And then also just being with family and just being home. I have a cancer moon and it's in my fourth house of home. So for me, like being home has a very strong emotional connection, but New York is amazing. It's so fun. I love being in a big city. I grew up in Sao Paulo in Brazil. So I grew up in a big city and it just kind of reminds me of that energy a lot. And I love being able to walk everywhere and just meeting a lot of cool people. There's a lot of other content creators living in New York. So that's been really fun. Just like networking and making friends and, and kind of experiencing the city and trying new restaurants. So it's very lively and young while I'm home. It's more quiet and more just like me and my family or like me and my boyfriend in my house. So it's more that type of energy as opposed to more social and a little bit more busy. And I also think in New York, because it's like my own apartment, I, kind of step into the shoes of an adult more when I'm there. Um, it's a lot more focused on, you know, I have to do all the things. I have to go to the grocery store. I have to just get everything taken care of, clean my house. It's more responsibility. So I think it's also really important for me to be there because it helps me kind of reparent myself in many ways and step into my adult self. So it's been fun. I love how different you can feel as a person when you're in two different environments, because I totally relate to that. When I go up to Northern California and visit my family, I am like a little child again. And I'm like, mom, do you want to put away my clothes for me? Like I <laughs> snap back into that so fast. Don't do my laundry for me. <laughs> Literally. Um, how does like your day-to-day routine differ when you're visiting with family versus when you're like at home by yourself doing your own thing in New York? Oh, it's so different. Um, well, it's so, first of all, it's so true what you said. Our environments are so powerful. And I think that was something I really realized when I went from the transition of being in like my college campus and then coming back home for quarantine during the pandemic in the beginning, because I felt totally different um, in those two environments. So my routine is pretty different, but similar Um, when I'm home versus when I'm in New York. I think in terms of morning routines, normally in New York, what it was looking like is like I would wake up kind of early around like seven or earlier and I would go to a workout class and come home, shower, do my make my breakfast, get ready and then start work. And because I had the entire space to myself, I could just like randomly go and record a TikTok in the middle of the day. Like it was 
the whole space was to myself. So it's not like one of my parents could come and ask me to help them with something. Like there'd be less interruptions, I guess. So in that sense, I just would have more free time to myself. But in Florida, and I think right now it's a little bit unique because it was a holidays and it's a time where we kind of fall out of routine naturally, um, unless we're very strict with ourselves. And I kind of allowed myself to kind of be flexible, but I usually like what my morning routine looked like today was a little bit different, but I woke up around eight. I meditated, made my bed. I did a little yoga stretch in my room and then I had breakfast and I started work. So it was like a little bit slower, but normally I would try to fit in a full workout in the morning and it would look pretty similar. I would just say that when I'm home, my family wants to eat dinner at a certain time and I kind of have to kind of adjust my schedule around them. And I think that was definitely something that I struggled with a lot in the beginning because it was definitely a topic in my therapy sessions, like, you know, before going home, like, how am I going to stay with my routine and how am I going to adjust to that role of being like an adult daughter in my parents' house? Like you naturally have to step into the role of a daughter when you're home. Whereas when you're in your own apartment, like if you call, you know, calling your parents, stay in touch with them, stuff like that is you stepping into the daughter role, but you're mainly focused on you, your adult role. So I think that's the biggest difference. I don't know if that's the same for you. Oh yeah, it totally is the same. I mean, I fell out of my routine as well when I was visiting family for the holidays, which in some ways was kind of nice because I am usually very strict. I'm a very like type A. I love my routine. I have a lot of Virgo in me. We've talked about that. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so it was actually kind of nice to be with my family and kind of, you know, wake up a lot later in the day and just eat what they were eating. I mean, in some ways, I definitely missed the routine aspect and I missed cooking a lot. That was like the hardest thing for me because my mm-hmm. parents don't cook a lot. They were never a family that really enjoyed cooking. We would always like go out to eat, which is really fun. But I was like, all I want to eat is my avocado toast, like not <laughs> even a cafe's avocado toast. Like I want to make it my way and eat it like that so that was kind of weird but also I think it was a good break for me too because I had just graduated from college I just finished an internship so in a lot of ways I was almost closing a chapter of my life so it was kind of nice to take December as like a break from really everything I didn't have a ton of responsibilities outside of like my day-to-day health and care for myself. So yeah, it was kind of nice. Yeah, that's so nice. And I totally agree. I think in the beginning of being home, I was kind of sticking to the same routine as I tried to do in New York, which is very like, you know, wake up, work out, make an iced coffee, make breakfast, like boom, boom, boom. And then I actually like think I lowered my immunity because I wasn't sleeping as much because I have family visiting and you're doing stuff with family and then you end up going to bed later and then you kind of push your body to physical stress doing that. And that's what I did to myself. And then I ended up getting a little sick. So uh, I learned (laughs) about the power of resting also in being home. And I agree with missing cooking. I think that's what I miss the most because I just love going to the grocery store and like picking the things I want and like having the fridge look how I want it. And luckily my family eats pretty healthy and my mom cooks a lot, 
we usually eat home cooked meals, but I don't know. There's just something about making like your own recipes and cooking the things you want to make and not having to worry about cooking for like four other people and just worrying about like you and maybe one more person. So yeah. So switching gears a little bit, what is shadow work? I know you talk about it a lot on your social media. I know the bare minimum. So please educate <laughs> us on everything about shadow work. Yes, I love that question. Shadow work is very powerful. Um, basically, all of us have a shadow. We all have our light, but we also all have our shadow. And I've realized and I've learned that to fully accept yourself, you have to accept both parts of you. So our shadow is like the part of us that we repress. It's the part of us that we kind of like pretend doesn't exist sometimes that we're ashamed of, that we kind of want to like put white out on, you know, and like you don't want other people to see. Like, I don't know if you're, I don't know, growing up and this is something I've worked on. Like I used to have a bit of a temper. Like I used to get just angry kind of fast and my dad's kind of like that too. So for me, shadow work, for example, has been noticing I used to get bothered like by his, him getting angry. And then it's been about me realizing, well, like, how do I tend to get angry? Or like, how have I overreacted maybe at times? And then realizing, wait, maybe I have to work on that. So nowadays, you know, through doing the work and through meditation, thankfully, not the case anymore. But shadow work is basically being able to look at that side of yourself, at those qualities of yourself that you might not be like proud of, that you might not want to be like putting out for everyone to see or just kind of bragging about it or whatever and looking at it and seeing how it comes up too, and using other people as a mirror to realize what those qualities are like for example like what you tend to get triggered about in other people sometimes oftentimes is what you haven't accepted that you do too so it's a lot about like shadow work in action is a lot about that is a lot about using your relationships as mirrors and noticing what tends to trigger you and then realizing why because sometimes you'll get triggered because it's actually something you also really want like it can be the opposite it can be like if someone I don't know has something that you really really want and then you kind of resent that person that's just a sign that you should pursue that thing or that you should go for it like that's also shadow work so it's using using your your awareness to notice when those things happen and then working on them through changing your kind of like automatic responses to things to kind of taking a step back and noticing when those things happen. And then also journaling can help a lot. So like there's a lot of journal prompts you can do to help you kind of also reflect on that. Like what are qualities that I hate or what are my pet peeves or things like that. I also have a free shadow work prompts guide it's on my website the Carolina lifestyle um, I can link them for you guys if you want to check it out and that's just something I created for free to like help people start diving in to shadow work thank you for sharing yes I will absolutely have all of Carolina's links and all of her websites and everything listed in the description but Shadow work seems like a little bit of a tough pill to swallow kind of activity. <laughs> yeah. I feel like can maybe turn off a lot of people at first. What do you think some of the benefits of doing shadow work can be? Oh, so many. I know. I agree. First of all, 
yes, it is kind of like not a sexy, like, oh, like so exciting. I can't wait to like meet my shadow, <laughs> um, you know, but it does have benefits. I think, as I said, to truly accept yourself, like in my opinion, to truly love yourself, you have to love all of you. Like you can't just like the shiny parts. You have to also like the intense emotions, the sadness, the anger, the jealousy, the resent whatever like anything that comes up like you have to accept because you can only change something once you accept that it's there like it's about taking responsibility about who you are taking responsibility for how you show up taking responsibility for your emotions and your reactions and when you start owning it and just kind of like looking at it in the face like shining light on the shadow you start kind of that self-acceptance journey. And then I think ultimately you also start loving yourself more and just being more self-aware. And then I think a huge benefit too is just improving your relationships. Like I feel like all of my relationships, both with my family, romantic relationships, friendships, everything has changed as a result of shadow work and of self-awareness and self-acceptance and doing the work. I think all of them have improved and deepened. And I think I've also just stopped. I think when we don't have awareness of our shadow and we just embody shadowy behavior, we tend to project or we tend to blame. Like if someone's bothering us, it's their fault and it's all about them. And so when you start kind of realizing, wait, but like, why does this bother me? Like, why is this person triggering me? then you can kind of realize like, wait, I also play a part in this. It's not all that person's fault, which I think is a progression, you know, in relationship and conscious relationship work. I mean, I can see how learning about the not so great parts of yourself can help you even understand yourself in a deeper way, because I've always been a little bit I've always lacked a little bit of self-awareness, I think. And as I've gotten older, it's definitely been brought to my attention more. But when I was younger, I just had no care in the world. I literally don't think I ever thought about like, well, why this or why that? And as I've gotten older, I've realized that just that simple question of why can give you so many answers. I mean, even like you were saying, like, why does this bother me? But also, why do I want this thing? Or why am I getting called to this direction in life has been so eye opening for me. So much. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, like, the question why can just open so many doors. And it really just like dives you deep inside. It takes you to your inner self. And it takes you to kind of reflection. And truly like a deeper understanding of who you are because we're in this life to just get back to who we are I think this is something I am pretty passionate about is that when we're born in my opinion we are our most authentic versions of ourselves like we're truly us and as we get older we start putting layers on of like expectations and conditioning and what we think other people want us to do and what we think other people expect us to do and what we think we're supposed to say and do to be, to be cool or to be pretty or to be smart. And we forget about our true essence. And so getting to know yourself also comes from realizing like what parts of ourself have we lost over the years. And it take, it comes from asking questions right? Like, why do I do this? Why do I like put myself in these situations? Or like, why do I overreact about this? Or why does this make me sad? Asking yourself these questions 
kind of takes you to a point of getting to know yourself even more. And obviously from a different stance, because like we're not going to live our lives like kids now, like as adults, but we can still carry that essence of who we are now. Yeah. And I think it's really important to do that because like you were saying, there are so many things in our outside, like external environment that are shaping us into a person, but we have to pay just as much attention to what's on the internal side. And I even remember I, we were talking about kids earlier and I love being around children. I grew up in a big family with a lot of little children and cousins. And I've just always loved that presence in my life. And I decided that when I went to college, I wanted to be a kindergarten teacher because I was like, I love kids. I love teaching. This makes sense. Mm -hmm. And then like a year into college, I realized that you know, yes, I love kids and I love that energy, but I think I'm supposed to do more. And I think that, you know, I'm meant to be in a different field. And so I switched to communications, which completely changed my life in so many different ways. But I always think back to that moment where I was like, was that even me? Was that my (laughs) like thoughts leading me to go into that different field? Was it how the world was like shaping me into that? I think it's a good starting point if you want to get to know yourself better to just ask yourself like more questions. Yeah, I think that's why journaling is so great. Even if you like, even if there's no prompts and it's just you free writing, like whatever is on your mind, like that's also getting to know yourself. But yeah, like when you start on your kind of spiritual journey is what I would call this you know, the journey of getting to know yourself. It's kind of, kind of like, I don't know, it's not all sunshines and rainbows. Like sometimes, you know, there are some tough things that you have to accept and a lot of questions and it might bring up a lot and the work is not necessarily easy, but I think it's so worth it. Like it ultimately makes you an, a better version of yourself to kind of ask yourself these questions. Right. Totally. How do you think you go about the acceptance part of it? I think you have to stop judging. I think the the first step to acceptance is just releasing judgment. I think it's judgment, something that we grew up around. People judge and it's not uncommon in by any means. But I think living a life to truly like love someone unconditionally and that someone can be yourself. There have to be no conditions. You can't conditionally love yourself. Oh, I only love myself when I have a perfect routine and when my body looks perfect and when I get all A's and la 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 la. Like you have to accept yourself by releasing that judgment, releasing those words like you're not good enough or you're not pretty enough or whatever it is. And you can also notice like how you tend to judge others and what things you tend to judge other people about. And then that's usually a reflection of what you tend to judge yourself about too. So again, shadow work there happening in the, in the work. But I think that that's what I would, what I would say is just releasing judgment is the first thing. I think that's a really good place to start for a lot of people, because I think it's very natural to judge yourself, to judge other people. And something that's really helped me is remembering that 
the thoughts that cross my mind at any given point, those don't define me, my actions do, and how I treat other people and how I treat myself. Those are the things that actually matter, not just every fleeting thought that I have. Yeah. And I think as a society, we live in our minds. <laughs> I think as as I was saying too, right, like detoxing from social media kind of emptying my mind in some ways, just like being around less consumption of stuff, of content, of words, of people. I also stopped listening to podcasts during my social media detox just to really empty my mind, like to really stop anything that I was just inputting. Like if I went on walks, I tried to not listen to anything, not even music. So like that was just like taking it to the extremes, kind of like really empty out. But yeah, there's so many thoughts that go around. And I think that our actions reflect a lot more, as you said, and our essence. I really think also in my spiritual journey, in my personal growth journey, I've just realized that we are a soul in a body. Like our bodies are vessel. It takes us through life. It does so much for us all the time. And I think when we get sick also, like is when we re- really realize like, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful for my health. Like it's so nice to be healthy. And so in realizing that like I'm a soul in a body and my body's my vessel, it kind of takes me to this place where I also know that like, even if, even if I think my actions define me, I don't have to over deliver or do so much to have a positive perception of myself. Like you could just chill out for a whole day and like, you would still be worthy. You'd still be amazing. And like, you'd still be the awesome version of yourself that you are just as equally as if you're taking a lot of action and achieving a lot. That was so perfectly said. I can't even elaborate more. (laughs) Let's (laughs) start to wrap up this episode with some rapid fire questions. The first one is a wellness product that you can't live without. Ooh, one wellness product that I've been loving a lot lately is the Youth to the People Superfood Cleanser. It's amazing. Like all the youth to the people skincare, like their oil, face oil and the serum, everything's amazing. I've been using it for like a month and a half now and can't live without it. Oh, wow. I've never tried youth to the people. So I'm going to have to add that to my list. It's amazing. Also (laughs) like a frother, like everyone needs a frother. Literally, (laughs) frothers will change your coffee or matcha game instantly. Yes. All right. Number two, what is your favorite dessert? My favorite dessert is this cake that I make. And it's kind of like a chocolate fudgy brownie cake with like a chocolate kind of glaze on top. It's elite. I love it. That sounds so good. I'm going to have to go stalk your Instagram and find it. (laughs) Yes. It's also in my cookbook. And I think you bought the cookbook. So you have it. Perfect. I do have your cookbook. I love that. All right. What is a goal you have for 2022? One of my 2022 goals is to launch merch. (gasps) Stop. That is so (laughs) Oh my God. Yes. And also to be better about my YouTube. One of the things I did a lot over the last two weeks was watch a lot of YouTube. And I really got inspired. Like there's so many creative people on YouTube and it's really a test of consistency. So I think one of my goals is also to just become consistent with my YouTube channel. 
Oh, I love that. I am so inconsistent on YouTube. I don't know why. It's like the hardest platform for me to actually like stick to a schedule with. It's really hard. It's really hard. So that's why I'm like, I've had my YouTube channel for like a year and a little bit now and I've not done my best with just trying it out, really trying it out. So that's definitely one of my goals. Are you more of a night in or a night out type of gal? Definitely a night in these days. Same girl, same. (laughs) The last question, what is a quote that you live by? Be the vibration you wish to attract into your life. I love that so much. I've never heard that one yet. Yes. Yeah? Yeah. I don't know if I invented that quote. Maybe I invented it. <laughs> you need to make an yes. aesthetic little Pinterest picture of it. That way we can all share it. Oh, yes, I will. Great idea. All right. Well, thank you so, so much for joining me. And thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. And I will talk to you soon. XX Maya. XX Maya.